As we thank you for the supply of the Spirit. Thank you for you've anointed me to preach, to teach, and to heal. We ask you this morning that you open the eyes of our understanding and grant our minds enlightenment to see your word for its intent in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we've prayed. All right, so I said uh, today we're going to wrap up um, a series we've started two months ago. This is the third month. We started deeply rooted in July, July, August, and this is September, yeah. So deeply rooted, and we said the, the point of that is to talk about discipleship of uh, the believer in the church. We'll start with the scriptures we started with again. Let's do Colossians chapter 2 now. Colossians chapter 2, that's where we started deeply rooted from. Colossians chapter 2 from verse 1 to 10. Everybody together, let's, let's go there. Colossians chapter 2 from verse 1 to 10. Are we there? All right. Now... For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words, for though I am absent in the flesh, Yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, it says, so walk in him, rooted, and that's where we got it from, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. It says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. And so when we started with uh, Deeply Rooted, we went on, we talked about um, winning through adversity. That was part of the things we talked about. We talked about, um, in the particular Sunday, we talked about the basic philosophies of the world as we've seen here, uh, the basic principles of the world that when believers are being grown, when believers are being groomed as disciples, um, that you do well to pay attention to the word of the Lord so that you're not carried away by vain deceits, by things that sound intelligent in the world. And I remember one of the things we, we made mention or we taught then um, as a side issue was, for example, zodiac signs, you know. And we did a teaching on that. We explained why that's not for the believer. We talked about many other things in that line. And then on and on till we got to this month and then we started talking about prophecy. So, yes, let's do Matthew. We just try to run through the scriptures before we close um, deeply rooted. I mean, we're not closing it. We'll still go back to it in November. Yeah. So in October, we'll be having preparations for, for light up. And so we'll be doing faith and healing because one of the things we want to do or one of the things the Lord has put in our hearts to do is faith and healing. So let's do Matthew now. Matthew 28 from 16. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Are we there? Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He says, Go therefore and make disciples 
of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of time or the end of the age. And one of the things we said while reading these scriptures or while reading from this place was that when he says, go into the world and make disciples of all nations, make disciples of all men, he's saying, go make apprentices. In another word, you can say, go make new students, fresh students, pupils now. And I'm saying that when you come into the faith, that there's an academic process in the faith. So the faith is just like, for example, when you get to school. So in the school, there's a basic curriculum for your growth to transit you into whatever career path you want to go through. And so it's systematic. So that when you get into crutch or, or nursery school or primary school, they don't start teaching you what they teach basic engineering students. You know, it's a gradual process. And so the, 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 the basic guy that resumes or the basic kid that resumes primary school, yeah, doesn't come with the knowledge he's got at home and say, well, uh, maybe they've taught me something. And I, I was trying to relate that with what the word disciple means. Um, in fact, when you look through the New Testament, it says, desire the sincere milk of the word of God. Now, this is as, as newborn babes. And that's how we grow in the faith. So that when you become born again, you don't have any kind of knowledge before. You've got to throw away every kind of knowledge you have of the faith. An example is that some people come into the church so you, you get a new convert. And in the next week of the person's conversion, the person seems to know everything about God. You know, he says, my opinion, my thinking. No, that thinking is wrong because you're meant to have been subjected to a kind of process or teaching. And not just even new converts. Sometimes you have believers who, who do not take care to, to go through the teaching process in the church. So, for example, they jump churches. And that's not the design for any kind of believer. So some jump churches, some miss lectures in church. So you can find a believer after maybe 10 years of saying, well, I accepted Christ Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior maybe 10 years ago. And then the believer, that believer cannot pray, you know, basic prayers. It's not meant to be so. And I said, well, either that believer, either there was a teaching problem, yeah, or a learning problem. So either the person has attended a place where they were not being taught or they've attended a place where they refused to learn. So everyone comes to church with their hearts open to receive, open to grow. And so on and on, we're talking about what disciples are that. Well, so another word for the disciple would be an intern or an apprentice. And then an apprentice is shadowing a role you know, he's shadowing a role so that he fits into that particular role. And that's the same thing that the Lord Jesus did with the disciples. So he called them, like we see in the book of Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that they may be with him, that he will do what? That he will send them. So now the discipleship process was started by Jesus Christ himself. So he called them and then began to teach them, began to disciple them, began to tell them everything that they need to grow up in the faith in. And so after teaching them for a period of three years, he gathers them now after the resurrection for 40 days, begins to teach them the gospel of the kingdom. And then he says what? Go into all the world and do the same things that I've done to you. Do the same things or teach the same things that I've done to you. He says that thou mayest observe, that's the people now that you're teaching, 
to do all that I've commanded you. And when we say all, it means all that he has commanded them to do. And so that means for the believer, when we come into the faith, we begin to learn. But the purpose of learning is also that we begin to disciple other people. I, that's, the, that's the basic of your faith. Now, there may be many other things that you can learn from the faith for you to get blessed, for you to progress, for you to have many things to ask from God. Yeah, but the assignment is go into all nations, disciple men. It says, show people the blueprint I've given to you. Show people that they should be saved, not just being saved, that they should grow up in me. Now, much more than that, because now some people think maybe it's just salvation. So when we get people saved, no, it, it doesn't end there. It's in doing the same works that the disciples did. And so that's how we found ourselves in, in prophecy. Because it's one of the basic things in the church. In fact, right from Moses, we read in Numbers, yes? Numbers what now? Alright, Numbers 11. So we started from Moses. And uh, there was an issue. The people were... We're, 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 we're in problems. They had just gotten out of Egypt and then they were complaining that, well, manna is not good for us. This is not a good place. We wish we were back in Egypt. You know? And all of those. And then Moses comes and says, well, this burden is too much. I didn't give birth to these people. Why should I bear their whole burden? And all of that and on and on and on. And then God would have to speak to his people. And then the spirit of prophecy came upon 70 people, 70 elders of the tribe or the nation of Israel. And Moses, after getting a complaint from Joshua and another person, says, well, I would that God's people, all of God's people were prophets. So we find that there. We find another one in Joel. When Joel says that that day will come to pass, that the Lord or that God will pour out his spirit upon what? Upon all flesh. And the first thing he said was that your sons and your daughters will do what? Will prophesy. So he says, everybody will prophesy. And when we begin to read the Bible, much more in the New Testament, when we begin to see the things that Jesus said, we want to apply everything to ourselves as believers. Now we'll get to the point where um, it's important for us to prophesy. And then we come to the New Testament again and we see Paul teaching the Corinthians or correcting the Corinthians in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13 and 14 there talking about the sins of the spirit. So firstly he comes to a church and looks at them and says well I mean in his letter to the church says I would not have you ignorant of the sins of the spirit. Now that's an entire church and says I won't have you ignorant of the charismatic ministry of the believer because now that church was even gifted on their own so they got born again they were just in church and then they had the gift of tongues they had healings and every kind of thing yeah but there was no order so he had to come put order and then begins to tell them that well that seek to speak in tongues he says it's good that you do that seek to interpret he says but above all he says that you may all do what that you may all prophesy that you may all prophesy. And in our teachings, one of the things we started trying to do was to demystify prophecy. Praise God. Because a reason you don't find many people prophesy is because it becomes something quite mystical in church. You know, and we gave examples. So, for example, in prophecy, it may, someone comes and, mm -hmm, you know, different kind of drama. 
And some people just say, no, I'm, I'm never going to do that because it feels like to prophesy, I have to do <laughs> and shake a little bit. And then some people have sound effects. You know, the sound effects. <laughs> you know, so it becomes weird because they are all of those kind of things. But prophecy was so normal in the early church that it didn't weird anybody out. It was just the word of the Lord. And the issue there was that there was no, uh, there was no order. So the same thing. Tongues was just very common. You know, but then in the present day church or in the present world, we have people argue about all those things. But it was just there. And nobody taught them. So they just got born again. They received the spirit and they flowed. Praise the name of the Lord. But much more important or more importantly is that prophecy is given for edification, for exhortation, and for comfort. And when we come into our faith, every believer seeks to have the gains of their faith. So for example, if you ask a, 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 an average believer, a normal believer, he says, why are you in church? He says, to get blessed. So for some people, consciously or unconsciously, they're looking for the gains of their faith. And if we must have the gains of our faith, everybody must participate because the gains of the faith is given by God through other believers. That is through you, through me. And so that's why we need to build believers up. That's why we need to teach believers. That's why we need to desire the things of the Spirit, the charismatic ministry of the believer in tongues, in prophecy, in signs, miracle signs, wonders, and healings, and all of that. It should be for all believers. It's a basic. You know, Jesus was saying in Mark, in the book of Mark, yes? And he was saying that these signs, yes, will follow them that believe. Since they will speak with new tongues. He says, in my name, they'll cast out devils. What else did he say they will do? They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. It's for believers. It's for everybody. All believers. So there's no, there's no stratification. The same way in prophecy, there's no, there's no stratification in it. Of course, some people are called into the office of the prophet, that is to instruct. And um, we did that differentiation last week, yes? So what was it? Praise the name of the Lord. So now, in the office of the prophet, what does the prophet have? Alright? Some people just said the utterance gift then kept quiet. Is that the only thing? Okay, and revelational gift. So now they have all of the utterance gifts. Yeah, and some revelational gifts and some others. Yeah, but now they've been called into the office. But now the believer is not necessarily called into the office of the prophet. But he's called to do what? To prophesy. And the basic meaning to prophesy is to speak the mind of God in the moment. And through the Sundays, I mean, we tried, some people prophesied, they had a word. And you know, the purpose of all those examples is just to show you that prophecy is a big deal. Yeah? But in another sense, it's not, it's not as people have had it in their mind that when they come into a place where the things of the Spirit are being done, they said, no, this is not for me. Meanwhile, at the back of those believers' mind, they need a word from the Lord. So then we jumped to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 now. From 11. Are we there? And he himself gave some to be what? 
apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head that is Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by that or by what every joint supplies according to the effective working of which every part does its share causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love so when we got here we said well you can describe the body of Christ as a self-sustaining body in the sense that the body that is the church is connected to Christ the head and from Ephesians chapter 1 we're reading or we've read before that oh, Ephesians 1 and 2 that now God has blessed all believers with all what spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and so once he has done that now the job is completed and so he's given the church that is the body that is believers like you and I all the power you see the same thing he said in Matthew 28 it says all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me it says go you therefore so the same authority now given to all believers and so we make do whatever we want to do with it so now if you find a congregation of believers and there's never a word from the Lord then it's the problem of the believers if you find a congregation of believers and there's never a healing it's the problem of the believers because God has blessed all with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places and in the coming of the Holy Ghost he gave all the fullness of the spirit and so now is the job of responsible believers then to say well we're just going to sit down with this academic process yes and begin to learn and begin to discover everything that the Lord has said about my destiny and purpose as a believer now that's how we make the gains of our faith so now nobody has the right to be a nominal Christian you know, you just say, well, I just go to church whenever I like. Now, because the body is meant to edify itself, because the body is a self-sustaining body, every joint supplying. So that means if one person in the room fails, then you, you create a problem for all of us. Now, is that serious? Because we need the grace of God in everybody. So just in case you have a unique dealing of God in your life, we need it because it's a body growing together. It's a body being edified together. And in one of the Sundays, we we're talking about the unity of the body. We we're talking about unity and uniformity. And saying, well, because you may look different. Yes. Um, because you look different doesn't mean you're apart from us. You know? So because people maybe sing differently from the way you sing, pray differently from the way you pray, now doesn't mean you separate yourself from them. Praise the name of the Lord. So, prophecy. All men, prophets. All men, prophets. And so... Yeah, some people prophesied. So, uh, let me ask the question again. So, from last week, Sunday, till, till today, how many of us practiced? You, you praise the name of the Lord. Raise up your hand, well, let's see. All right. It's like the people at the back. Can we quickly shuffle? The people, <laughs> because it seems the people in front have, you come to front so that 
the people at the back, why? Why? Praise the name of the Lord. Why? <laughs> you know, the, the point of all this, amen? I, I was telling someone, I said, there's, there's no interest in just, I mean, maybe some people like it. You know, you just stand in front of people and preach to them and sound powerful and they just say, oh, we just like the word of God. You know, you know there's, no, there's no point if there's no practice of it. Praise the name of the Lord. There's no point if there's no practice of it. And I think you know, the reason, in fact, I th- well, were you not blessed? Eh? No, sorry, I won't say eh again. What's the word to use in the place? In it. Were you not blessed? In it. No, no, right? That doesn't make sense, right? Were you not blessed, right? It still doesn't sound. <laughs> huh? Ah, you were blessed, in it. Huh? You don't like this church. You must. <laughs> you must. It's not an option. Huh? You are not blessed. Praise God. Oh, we didn't, you, didn't, you didn't like how we thought it. Tell us the problem. Because we can't move forward. I remember some years ago, yeah? In my country, we do NYC. I taught, I taught in one school in the north. I taught them two topics for the entire term. I know you say, ha. In the north, they couldn't even, my students couldn't even speak English. You know, you come to class one day, say, where's, where's Buhari? There was one guy. They say, Buhari, you go farm. <laughs> to the farm. Hey. So I, I can remember what I was teaching them. You know, osmosis and diffusion cell, whatever, whatever. I taught them, if I, when I came the next time, if you ask them any question in the test, they write osmosis. <laughs> and not, there's nothing you tell them. So they knew that one. I was satisfied since they knew it. Because they didn't know any other thing. In fact, one time, the principal called me and said, we'll prepare them for, for mathematics competition. You know this Peak. I said, <laughs> I said, prepare. How did they invite you people? <laughs> I was shocked. So I'll just be talking, they'll be looking at me. I say, God, what is the science? Taught them the same topic so we can continue prophecy next month. And by the time we finish, you'll be like Moses. <laughs> you, anything that comes out from your mouth. <laughs> we'll be prophecy. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, so that was just a different moment. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying, yeah, the way you make gaze of your faith, yeah, is to learn the things we say. Is to, is to practice. And we've tried, we've tried to demystify it in the simplest, in the simplest way possible. You know, sometimes I listen to some things I'm saying, I'm like, well, some years ago, I wouldn't have thought this way. Because some look so simple. For example, if I taught you maybe five years ago, we won't be laughing. Why are we laughing? We're in the presence of God. <laughs> You know, we'll just be very serious because the presence is, is holy. But yeah, we try to teach it as, as simple as, as we can. And you know, that's why, that's why we explain. For example, maybe two Sundays ago, for some of you, I gave a word. I asked you if it made sense. Now, on a normal day, I don't have any business asking. I just give you the word and move on. You know, whether it makes sense to you or not. But I know it makes sense. And then some people confirmed that it made sense to them. Praise the name of the Lord. And so that's part of the teaching. And part of the teaching too is also that we asked you what you got. Now, some people got a word from the Lord. And then we asked around. Says, Does that make sense to anybody? 
And then we had people in the congregation confirming that, yes, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. That's God speaking. In fact, particularly last week, now I'm telling you this now because it's a teaching session. Particularly last week, for two of the people we gave words, in fact, for one of them, this was the first time in the church. This was the first time. And you know, when I was teaching that, um, that is not by research. Praise the name of, <laughs> praise the, name of the Lord. That is God's word in the moment. Now, if it's God's word in the moment, let me take some time to explain that. Yeah. So I said, God's um, prophecy is God's word in the moment. Now, because for some people I received for them while praying, not in service, because somebody will say, well, because I didn't receive it in service, yeah, it's not in the moment. Praise the name of the Lord. So in your place of prayer, in the, in the place of prayer, yes, you can receive the word of the Lord for a person or you can receive an instruction for a person and you see them later on and give it to them. Praise the name of the Lord. But what happened was you still received that word in the moment. It was at that moment. It's not like you were thinking up something about the person. Praise God. So yeah, so I was saying for, for, the, for the two people, so one of them never met them before and just gave the word and after service the person was talking to me and, and related some um, or an experience or some experience that led up to this moment. For another person, they just had a dream through Saturday, yeah, just, just the previous day. And then they were just receiving a confirmation in church. So, in one of the ways in prophecy, in one of the things in prophecy, you can ask the person to confirm if, if you're saying the truth, praise the name of the Lord. And so it just helps you build your confidence. And then there's nothing, there's nothing wrong in after giving someone a word, you ask the person, does it make sense to you? Now, if you're a believer and praise the name of the Lord because some believers are cultists. <laughs> so, so, if it doesn't make sense to you, don't say no, no. It's not God's word or it's a lie. You know, just, you know some people are, are like that. You can just be brash. You say it's not me. Just, you can kindly tell the person. That, ah. You know, you can be nice about it. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't encourage the person by saying, yes, it makes sense when it doesn't make sense. Because that's a lie. And so many people do that. You know, you just lay hands on them. You pray for them. You say, are you healed now? They say, yes, yes, yes. Then they go out. Nothing happened to them. No, don't, don't encourage the person. Because you've got to build up everybody. But you can tell them in a nice way that, well, no. no maybe it's for someone else. You know, there's a nice way to go about it. But I'm saying now for you giving the word. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared to say, does it make sense to you? Does this apply to you? And then if the person says no, then you move on. Now, I wasn't afraid of anybody saying it doesn't apply to them in church when I gave the word because I was moving by faith. And if it doesn't apply to them, I know I'm going to go back and sharpen myself. Praise the name of the Lord. Because you can find to flame the gifts. You can be more precise. You can, you can get sharp. You can be on the cutting edge. And so if you miss it once, it doesn't mean you're going to keep missing it. But you've got to step out by faith in giving a prophetic word. Praise God. Does that make sense to you? You see, you guys, because you didn't practice now, it has changed my teaching line because I don't know what to do. Confused. So what do you want now? <laughs> because because you didn't practice. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. 
So in prophecy too, one of the things in prophecy is you don't force the word to come to pass in someone's life. Praise the name of the Lord. Because when you give someone a word, then that's their business. For example, after giving the word to some people, I told them how the word will come to pass. I told them that this is it. Yes. So after getting the word, you've got to take it up, meditate on it. You've got to believe that word of God continuously. And so that when any other thing that sounds or that is contrary to God's word comes up, you know you have a prophetic word of God. And that's how it comes to pass. Because consistently you have something to pray with. It's the same thing when Paul told Timothy. He says, what a good warfare with the prophecies that were given to you. Now there's a reason for that. He says, when hands were laid on Timothy, when the word of the Lord was spoken over him at the point of his ordination, they said a lot of things. And he says, by these words, which is also the word of the Lord, because the word of the Lord will confirm prophecy. There's no prophecy that will take you out of scriptures. Praise God. So any kind of prophecy that is, that's funny and makes you fear, I've, I've said it before, that it shouldn't inspire fear. Yeah? Because fear is not comfort. Fear is not edification. And fear is not exhortation. Now, even if the word of prophecy brings repentance... Yeah, because people should, some people should cry when repenting because, because they've been so bad. So, so yeah, but it still leads to them being built up. It leads to them coming back to the Lord. You see, for example, when the Lord sent Jonah, it was a word of prophecy. There was judgment in it. Praise the name of the Lord. But when he told them, the people wept, they wore sackcloth, you know, the Old Testament repentance. But what happened? They came back to the Lord. They didn't run away. They came back. And so I, I'm saying, I'm going back to, to um, you making people um, walk in prophecy. You don't, you don't force people to get into it. So give them the word of the Lord, you know. Then most likely teach them what to do if they don't know what to do. And what to do is that simple. is in sticking with that thing that has been said. So you have a word of prophecy when you're praying. You just want to talk about it in your place of prayer. You just want to build consciousness. And I've taught us before in church that we pray consciousness. Amen. So you have the word of the Lord and you just keep declaring it. For example, we're reading Ephesians chapter 2 and we're praying, or Ephesians chapter 1, we're praying that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. So now the consciousness of an enlightened mind is for you now. So for example, you're in your room, you're pacing up and down and you continue saying that the eyes of my understanding are enlightened. So it's the same thing for a prophetic word. So for example, you've Receive the prophetic word that the Lord is going to give you speed. Which is possible by the word of the Lord. So you can pray in that consciousness so that when anything around you that is contrary to speed. So for example, people experience stagnation. And so when it looks like there's something that's going to make you, that's going to make you be stagnant, you just want to declare the speed of the Lord for yourself. In the place of prayer. So you're praying speed. And then the best way to do that is to pray in other tongues. Praise the name of the Lord. So you find a scripture, you set your mind on it. Sometimes I've told us that you've just got to even write. Write your prayers. Yeah. And put it in front of you. So that your eyes are stuck there. And so you keep declaring the word of the Lord. Until like a day star. It arises in your heart. It solidifies. And that nothing can take your eyes off the picture. Now, back to back to uh, uh, trying to get people to get into the prophetic word. Be before, be because maybe you've heard now 
you know, there's just, you, someone gives someone a word, and then maybe you see the person leave it contrary to the word, then you go and meet them and say, this is not what God said concerning you. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, that's manipulation, the early signs of witchcraft. Because, <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. It's not your business. <laughs> praise God. Now, you can teach people into it, but you can't coerce people into what God has said concerning them. It's their business. And it's up to them for it to get fulfilled. If they stay in line with that word, it will get fulfilled. But whatever they want to do with it, that's their business. Now, confidence in prophecy. You guys took me away from, from, my, from my notes. So, confidence in prophecy, but I'm just saying some of the things that, um, that may make people fearful. Because what I said now is, is that when you're fearful or you're, you're scared of the word of God being accomplished, and I said that last week, that a prophet, whatever you say, it must come to pass. Now, because some people are scared of it coming to pass or not, yeah, that's when they begin coercion. You know, because you gave the word, then you feel you're under pressure to make it come to pass. Then you start saying different kind of things. Praise the name of the Lord. So as believers, we, we don't do that. Now, your confidence in, in prophecy increases by, by continuing in it. Amen. So you give yourself more to it. Now, you give yourself more to receiving a word from the Lord. And I've told us in, in, in dominant, for example, now, I don't know how many people are in church right now, but I believe I can receive a word for everybody in church. Amen. And that's not by, by intelligence. It's just by giving myself over time to the word of the Lord. Giving myself over time to hearing what God says. And in the place of your prayers, it will be constant that the Lord says something. It's, it's constant. The Lord will talk back to you. One of the ways is your most dominant thought. We've always said it in church. Your most dominant thought. So now in the place of prophecy, having practiced saying your most dominant thoughts. So for example now, for me, I practice with my wife. I mean, I just receive something. And sometimes it's foretelling. So I just say, well, this is, this is what I see, this is what I see. Then when it happens, then I have someone to, to confirm with me. Now it builds your confidence and that's why we have a gathering of believers. So you have that friend where you practice or that friend who you practice the things of the spirit with. Some time ago, I knew of some friends, believers too, and in the things of the Spirit, they, they used to have this healthy competition on how fast to get people filled with the, with the Spirit. And that's, that's good practice. Instead of talking about many wrong things, some of you are practicing it. <laughs> I mean, they just, they just had it. Says well, and then they were timing it. Some people, three minutes. Some, the bad guys amongst them, one minute. You know, they were they were proficient in it. And then by the reason of use, praise the name of the Lord, by the reason of use, by continuing in it, you get more confident in it. I've given an example in, in church before. The first time I tried to get people filled with the Holy Ghost, I was so bold. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, so we just got to that place. We had preached there previously. A congregation of over 100 people, maybe 200 people. We had preached there. Many people... You know, they accepted Christ. So we got there the next time. I was a saxophonist. So I, I didn't know I was going to preach. So my friend turned to me and says, Femi, 
now he spoke to me in in a Nigerian patois, you know, pigeon. He says, now you go preach. He said, ha, it means you'll preach. I said, no, I can't preach. He says, you'll preach. I said, I didn't prepare. He said, well, he said, Papa said, that's a pastor then. The Papa said, we are walking Bibles. So, so you are ready. And he was my senior. So at some point, I couldn't argue. So I said, I'll preach. And I was just being stubborn. I just wanted to do something funny. So I said, okay, since I'm preaching, we'll get these people filled with the Holy Ghost. So everybody got scared. And the other guys with us, they went out of the hall first. <laughs> They went, they went to pray. And, you know, I didn't prepare a message. So, quickly, John chapter, you know. So, when I started a message, I told all the people, I said, I said, we brought a gift for you. Do you want it? Everybody said yes. I said, okay. So, I continued teaching. I didn't know where to end because, <laughs> you know, that sermon, it was long. We continued. <laughs> we continued. In fact, I said other things I wasn't meant to say because they acted a drama. So I started talking about their drama that, well, you know, <laughs> that drama was good. It's in line with the word of God. <laughs> so when it was time, I said, let's be on our feet. Then I didn't know what to do. <laughs> like, How do people receive the Holy Ghost? So I said, well, just lift up your hands. Then we started. You see now, I mean, thank God. I mean, the venue was theirs and all of that. We spent more time in receiving the Holy Ghost than in the sermon. You know, the long sermon. So we were just there. Then my friends, <laughs> then we started laying hands. We started laying hands. Some people will come under the power, but they didn't speak. So there seemed to be one pillar in the church because when I got there, I laid hands on somebody and the person spoke in tongues, so I felt well. <laughs> this is Jacob's ladder. <laughs> so I started bringing people there. <laughs> That was in 20, 2017. That was about five years, six years. Yeah, 2017. Yeah, six years ago. So I started bringing people there, and some were getting filled. I said, Well, maybe there's an age, <laughs> you know. But now that took an entire service long sermon and long. We sang every kind of song. We wait on you. You know that song, Lord, we wait on you. We sang. Um, we have come to draw, you know, those songs, <laughs> draw, draw, we sang everything. Few people got filled. But over time, we practice, we practice. And it got to some point, you know, in church here, we just get some people filled by just telling them, well, you've come to the midst of prophets, you just get to get filled. And some people get filled, they come to tell me after service that they got filled without laying hands on them. But it started from a place of a very long sermon and a very long prayer session. But over time, we just built the boldness and said, well, we're going to try to sharpen the edge and just put it at the back of our minds. I just got to check the scriptures and see that, well, we're meant to get people filled with the Holy Ghost. The same thing, we're meant to get people to prophesy. We're meant to prophesy. And so if you start out, it may just be one word. So for some people, sometimes it's just one word at the beginning of prophecy. So you say, well, I hear blessings. I hear blessings. Well, that's good. You've just got to continue that. You've just got to continue that. And as you step out in faith, and that's, that's, that's one of the most important things, in stepping out in faith, you never know what will happen until you step out in faith. So the word is just going to be there. Now, you don't know if the person was going to confirm it. For example, the person I spoke to last week, that was the first time. Now, I never knew he was going to confirm it, but I just got to give it a try. Because after subjecting myself to my most dominant thoughts, and when I say most dominant thoughts, I'm saying in the place of prayers and worship, now, the thoughts that gain dominance 
the thoughts that, that seem to stay on your mind. Whatever it is. And sometimes, in fact, well, maybe we'll teach on word of knowledge sometime later. That's how you receive a word of knowledge. So you find the word just there. Sometimes it's, it looks like a picture. And then there won't be a continuous flow if you never step out in faith. And one of the ways is, is sometimes even in prophecy too, it could be just a suggestion. You know, it could be in a discussion. So if you're not so sure, you want to ask the person a question. Praise God. Is there something like this going on with you? Then the person confirms. I say, oh yeah, that's it. So I have a word for you. Now the person is not going to doubt you because how did you know, praise God, that there was something like that going on in their lives? So it's got to be supernatural. And so you have to step out, baby steps. That's way. So you've got to step out. So well, why did you ask? I just felt to tell you that the peace of the Lord is with you. And in many times you find people say, well, that, that, that's just all I needed. But you have to step out in faith. And why are we teaching this is that it's, comp it's compulsory. I wanted to eat back my word and say this, but it's compulsory. That we all prophesy. That we all get the body of Christ, the church, edified. That we all build people up. That we all become better Christians. Receiving the word of the Lord and giving the word of the Lord to other people. Now, those people who received words in the previous Sundays now would, would, would testify that they felt some kind of comfort from the word. Now, for the people that it was confirming what they were going through, now that was comfort for them. Because now they are more confident. They know, well, my dream was not, was not just a ruse. You know, it wasn't just one of those random dreams. They know, well, this process that I started in my life is not, is not just so random. God has a hand in it. They know, well, I'm not just alone. I'm not just in my mind thinking. And it's a great thing. It builds you up too. Because you know that truly, I received the word of the Lord. That truly, God speaks to me. And the better way or the best thing is that it's confirmed. And that's why I say you, you can ask like a suggestion. You, you can just ask, what do you have this going on? And then, well, I have a word for you. And on and on, same way you can receive um, other things of the Spirit in, in Revelation. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, one of the things we said last week was how to prophesy, right? And so we read Ezekiel chapter 2 from 9 to 10. Let's do that again. Ezekiel chapter 2 from 9 to 10. I remember some of the things I said last week was that, well, if all, if all you did with the word of God or with God's word is to run away from sin, I said you still wouldn't live in the fullness of God's plan for you. Praise God. Because rightly so, the word of God says, well, the word of God have I hid in, hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. But I said, well, that's not what the word of God is all for. Meanwhile, I, I wouldn't just say it's important or it's compulsory. It's compulsory for all believers to run away from sin. It's, it's a must. In fact, if you have the other part, 
and you don't run away from sin, you're still never going to fulfill God's plans and purposes for your life. Praise the name of the Lord. So I'm saying it's the word of God is one. Yeah, and I remember a question during the Sunday school on the word of God being, is this subjective? No, the word of God is objective. It's one truth. So yeah, there's a room for personal revelation, but then it's revelation to you. Because if the word of the Lord is many truths, if it's subjective truth, so that means if it's subjective, every other person can have their own truth. Then it loses, it loses objectivity. And so we can't even believe what we're reading again because if everyone says, well, this is their experience in God. Now, if everyone has a unique experience in God, we must all be able to meet at the center, which is the truth of God's word. So that means the word of God will define the kind of truth you say you have. And so if what you say you have as personal revelation doesn't match up with God's word, we would have to discard what you said. We would have to discard that revelation if it doesn't match up. Because if you say, well, I have a revelation, we'll just... Um, if you have a revelation, yeah, we'll just subject it to the word of God. And then we want to see what the word of God says about that kind of situation. And then if it's not in it, then we discard that revelation no matter how, how good... It is. So yes. So we're saying um, how to prophesy, yeah? And Ezekiel chapter 2 from 9 to 10. It says, Now when I looked, there was a hand stretched out to me. And behold, a scroll of a book was in it. Then he spread it before me, and there was a writing on the inside and on the outside. And written on it were lamentations and mourning and woe. Then let's go to 3. 3 from verse 1 to 3. Now, moreover, he said to me, son of man, he says, eat what you find. He says, eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So, so I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat the scroll. And he said to me, son of man, fill your belly, fill your stomach with this scroll that I give. So I ate it and it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. And then he said to me, son of man, go to the house of Israel and do what? And speak my words to them. Now, that's the easiest way to prophesy. But you see, when God encountered prophet Ezekiel, the first thing he told him to do, or one of the first things he told him to do was to eat his word. He says, just take this word in. He says, just read it. He says, read it. And it will bubble in your spirit. Because that's how the inspiration of God's, words come, um, God, God's word comes. So, after having so much of it, in every situation where you need to speak by inspiration, the word of God is going to come out. But if you do not have that word in you, then it can't come out. Praise the name of the Lord. Then it can't come out. So now, um, yes, we, we've read that, that the basic thing for prophecy, firstly, is in having the word of God. Consistently reading the word of God. If you're a believer who has subjected yourself to the word of God, then it will be very easy to prophesy. It will be very easy to speak the mind of God in the moment. There's nothing strange about prophecy. It's just inspiration. And that inspiration could be a Bible verse in the moment. Praise God. Now, we also judge prophecies. Because that's, that's a very important aspect of prophecy. So that we don't have people saying very many funny things about. Now, now that we've told you how easy, that we've said how easy prophecy is, you want to wonder why people do fake things. Praise God. I mean, why, why do the fake when it's easy? So as a believer, you've just got to read the word of the Lord well. 
You've just got to pray well. And if you pray and you're taught well, then it flows. And so now we have to judge prophecies because there be so many who have gone out giving wrong words. Some of them are not even necessarily false. Some believers give false words too. Praise the name of the Lord. Because of emotions. You know, so you just see someone, you don't like the way they are living their lives and you just say, God told me to. <laughs> Some people have done it before. So somebody said, hmm, hmm. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> no. You know, someone's life that, like, and that's why I said it's not by research. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. It's not by research. It's not by what you know about a person. Now, it doesn't mean and that's why sometimes it's, it's, almost, it's almost very nice to give people that you've never seen a word from God. You know, because they're never thinking, well, where did he know me from? You just give it to them. You feel more powerful. But then when you, when you talk to your friend, friends like, ah, because you know my life. <laughs> because you know my lifestyle, that's why you are saying this. No, it's, it's not necessarily like that. Yeah? So, yeah. We judge, we judge prophecy. And how do we judge prophecy? We still bring it back to the word of God. For example, now, I said it must comfort, it must edify, it must exhort. So, some time ago, someone came to this church and, and they gave one very strange word. You know, I, well, I mean, I didn't even consider it. Because firstly, now, the person doesn't, the person, well, the person claims they're a member of our church. That's fine. But then the person doesn't come to church regularly. So that means the person is not subjected to good teaching, you know. Now, if they attended another church regularly, that's fine. So that I believe they are being taught in that church. But then they don't, you know, they just come once in a while and all of that. So the person came. And then the, the person, now the, the serious issue was the person had been manipulated deeply. I mean, deeply. It was, it was very strange. But I wasn't going to give any help because they don't come to church. And I'm not going to force anybody, you know. So they came and said, well, this is something about this church, maybe about a year ago. So when I looked at it, I mean, there was a message, there was a dream, and all of that. So I said, hmm, hmm, hmm. I said, thank you. But she said, so what are we going to do about it? I said, nothing. <laughs> Why? Because when we judge the word of God, I mean, when we judge this by the word of God, I can't tell you, I mean, it was deep manipulation. You can think of mind bending in the, in the craziest forms. The way the message came. And now, the people who sent her that message had gotten to her mind. You know, when you just see people, you think everybody's is doing fine. Some people are crazy. <laughs> so, when I saw it, I said, well, there's nothing. Well, if, if, if that person came to church consistently, then it's fine. Because we're going to deal with it because we cast out devils for free, easily. Praise the name of the Lord. And you see, the, same, the way I said it, that's how easy it is. It's the disciples that... That were breaking their head and, and then they couldn't cast out and they called Jesus out. And when Jesus came, he said, get out. Is that easy? So, for free. Told you, if you find someone oppressed, don't leave them. One day, now, let me stay on this. Don't leave them. Because somebody in this church, some time ago, encountered someone in the city. Maybe a witch or something. And then the person called me. I was offended. I was disappointed. I was angry. I was disrespected. Because I've been teaching you so much and you'll be in church. You'll be nodding your head. 
Say, hmm, hmm. So all the hmm, what was it for? Now, when the person called me, the person was even, was it a call or a message? I could sense the fear in the person's, and I said, my God, and this person prays in tongues. So if you find somebody oppressed by devil, don't call me. No, I'm not, you know, I'm not scared. I'm saying you cast that devil out. Praise God. Then if you try, at least try. <laughs> Amen. I just try. If you can't, then call. And then the first thing you should say is, well, I tried. You know, don't say, hey, I have this friend. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So the person brought the message and I said, well, what are we going to do? Should we tell the church to pray? I said, I'm not going to pray about this. Never. Because it can't happen. It's your mind that is being bent. And so if you bring a story or, or a prophecy of woe, I don't care. Because it's not in God's word. Now, there are some things we should pray about. Yes, and we won't deceive ourselves and say, well, because we are in right standing with God, we don't pray against evil. No, no. Apostle Paul writes or wrote to us and says, he says, pray against evil men. He says, pray against evil. But that particular one was a lie from the pit of hell and it would have put people's mind in, in fear. And prophecy doesn't put you in fear. So because if I said it, some people would have been afraid. So the person said, well, can I get your number so that I give you an update? I said, no. I said, take a social number. <laughs> I said, I said, if you, I said, but did he send you any message? Yeah, because I know you that sent me. I said, no, no, not my, not my number. Take a social zone. Well, I think maybe I'm sure she doesn't know a social. So she would have been look, the person would have been looking around for a social, not found a social. But the easy way to judge that was, wait, what, where's this coming from? Is this coming from someone who is constantly being taught in the church? Is this coming from someone who pays attention to the local church? Is this coming from someone who prays, who studies the word? If it's not coming from them, then you can discard it. Praise God. Now, the reason we're saying this is some people feel, you know, there are many things. And that's why we're teaching against ideology at some point. Some people feel just a random person can have the word of God. On what basis? How did they know God? Now, how did they receive that word? Then you're free to discard it. However, when you discard things, it doesn't invalidate you as a believer being built up in the spirit. Because, let me tell you something now, for the prophecy of the word that the person brought and the dream and all of that now, if, if, if I was a believer that didn't pray, I'd be scared. And maybe I would want to act on it. I didn't, I didn't even say a word of prayer. And I'm still waiting for it to come to pass. I mean, maybe over a year now. So we judge prophecy. So nobody just says something to you. And you say, hey, now because this person says the Lord said, then you start jumping about, you know, and being fearful. In fact, sometimes it's even, it's even something good. But the Lord has the right to also tell you. So many times, even prophecies should come as confirmations to you. Amen. And so that's why, that's why for the people I gave a word, I was asking them, does this make sense to you? If it doesn't make sense to you, then you can discard it. There's no problem about that. You can. You can throw it away. But then someone can't come out of the blue. Yeah? And meet you and say, Ebube. <laughs> now, do you, know, do you know you're meant to be in, in the in the U.S. Army. Have you ever dreamt of that? 
They say, I see you carrying guns. <laughs> and you're in, you're, you're in SWAT, you know? you know? You know the funny thing? Some believers, we start thinking. Now, meanwhile, you saw in engineering, in Hungary. And you start thinking, should I, should I have gone to America? So when I was little, I had this dream, you know? I had grenades and, and all of that in that dream. Is it that? Is it? Is it? You know, there are some people like that. So, firstly, God would have put it in your own mind. Now, except you're a very stubborn person. Not listening to the word of God. But there, there would have been that thing in your mind. So, as you pray. And that's why we say a lot of times the prophecy will be a confirmation. It will be something you're going through. Now, for example, when we read Ezekiel chapter 37. The Israelites had to have been going through that moment when the Lord gave Ezekiel the word. You know the dry bone story? So it was that the people were passing through that situation. So now they weren't just flexing and just living their life and someone comes and says, well, um, you've lived in, in chaos, you've lived in, in adversity for so long. No, they were, you know, if you were fine, that would sound strange to you. And so because many people are not discerning, some believers are not discerning, someone brings a word from the blues that the Lord has not imprinted or planted in your heart before, and then you jump. Now, it may be a good thing, like I said. It may be a good thing. But then you want to check. Now, in my place of prayers, what has God been saying to me before now? So if it doesn't relate, then that's a good way to discard it. Because, yeah, believers should be taught. But some people get, they get emotional in the moment. And then they feel they have a word. And then they start to tell you good things. And sometimes there are instructions which, which you have no business with. So because they are good, doesn't mean it's God's word to you. Do you understand that? Because it's good doesn't mean it's God's word to you. So now God must have started talking to you about that thing. God must have started implanting or imprinting in your mind that now, even if it's, if it's vivid or not, whether it's vivid or not, you have an idea of it. So that when the person speaks, it connects with something inside of you. And let's see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and then we'll close. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And now this, this is just an example here with an, with an unbeliever. Just a moment while I look for. All right, from 23, I think. So, yeah. I will see one of the things that prophecy does. Now, 23. It says, 1 Corinthians 14, 23. It says, therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, with tongues, and there, and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, it says, will they not say you are out of your mind? But it says, but if all prophesy, and an unbeliever or an uninformed person. Now, uninformed there is unlearned. They don't know about the things of the spirit. Now, the unlearned person could be, an, could be a believer. Praise God. So, for example, if a believer comes and the believer doesn't know about um, healing by faith, doesn't know about tongues and interpretation, and that person is unlearned. Now, there's no problem with it. The person didn't kill anybody. It's just the person is unlearned. Now, we'll see, we'll see further down. It says, now, he says he's convinced by all, he's convicted by all. And thus, what happens? He says what? Come on, read together with me. 
Now, do you see what prophecy does? He says, for the unlearned now, or the unbeliever. So when he comes into church and sees everybody prophesying, he says, thus the secrets of his heart. So that means the word of the Lord is already there. Now, the things in the person's heart. Now, whether a believer or an unbeliever. Now, for the unbeliever, the word of God that is there is the word that is trying to convict him. So, he's wondering. So, how, how do they know I don't believe? Do you understand? But that's because the word of the Lord has been convicting the person before. And so, there's, there's a place or there's a situation of unbelief in that person's heart. And so, he comes there. And then they find out that he's, he's an unbeliever. You see now? So he's convinced he's convicted. The secrets of his heart are made known. So when he says secrets, now it's not, it's not as deep as saying a secret. It means a word in the person's heart. Something that has been going on in that person's heart now is made revealed. And that's the same thing that happens when we give a word of prophecy. It's like, well, how did they know? And so now this is now the reaction. It says the secret of his heart, of his heart are revealed and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly amongst you. You see now, that's the end of prophecy. Or that's the end point. So that when a word is given, the person rejoices that, well, something is confirmed, I'm comforted, I'm edified. Because the result is that the person worships God. He understands that God is still with me. But and if any word of the Lord or any word that claims to be the word of the Lord comes to you and it doesn't result in, in thanksgiving, it doesn't result in worship, it doesn't result in you knowing that God is present here, it doesn't result in you knowing that God is with me, then it's not the word of the Lord. It's not prophecy. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you blessed this morning? Can you be on your feet? Now, I expect, I expect us to go back home and practice, yeah? Because it's in the practice. In fact, this is the... Now, what's, what's Ivy? Hey! No, I know it was. <laughs> but I'm just testing you. Next, I hope for <laughs> the word that is easily recognizable. So, you, you just want to go home and prophesy. So, you don't listen next time. To someone just talking about prophecy, he said, hmm, what a word. Thank you, submissive people. So you're not just looking and saying, oh, what a word. It was a beautiful teaching. No, the idea is that you go out and do the same things. And much, much more is that next month we'll start faith pills, yeah? It's faith and healing from next week, Sunday and down. And you know, when we teach on faith and healing, people get healed here. When we teach on faith and healing, people go out to heal other people. And that's the word of the Lord. And that's what we're taking out in Light of Debrisim. is a show of God's power. And God's power will be so available. Boy, I promise you, it's, it's the flow of God's power. And we have the word of the Lord in power, in might, and in the spirit. So we'll start preparing for that from next week Sunday. So I just need you to confess with me, yeah, as I speak. I'm a believer you want to say with gospel. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I believe in God's word. I, in God's word. I flow in the things of the spirit. I prophesy. I heal the sick. I cast out devils. I fulfill my ministry as a believer. 
Alright, now you just want to lift up your hands and bless the name of the Lord. And say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Now, for those who desire to speak in other tongues, again, you know, like the example, I said, you've come in the midst of prophets. And what happens is that you prophesy. So again, you've come in the midst of people who pray in other tongues. And then you can speak by faith. We speak by faith. We speak by faith. We've been given utterance. So you've just got to open your mouth and speak what utterance is in it. We bless your name. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, 